Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. We didn't get a lot of Louie, but the flashback of him sobbing. I don't think we're supposed to be so confused by someone. I think I'm done being like, it's okay that I'm super confused all the time by this guy. I think that's a bad sign. And I think it's okay for us to say that. Because, because, here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. He has love bombed her. We saw the scroll from last season. The stuff he's done has just been so great. So amazing. Too good to be true, right? Now we're watching him do a classic abusive thing, which is triangulation, where he says to her, they don't understand you. They're not good for you. But then to them, he's like, Teresa doesn't get it. She she doesn't get it. Let me talk to her. And the crying, the sobbing in front of the people, I, I just... Here's like, he's gonna, I'm just worried he's gonna marry her. And then eventually the verbal abuse is gonna start. I don't think he'll be physically abusive with her. But the verbal abuse, Tree took a lot of that from Joe Judice. A lot. So I, out of love for Teresa, I'm sticking to my guns here. I'm not trusting Louie. Okay? Someone's gotta look out for Teresa. I'm taking a hard stance on this. I know Teresa stands are going to be mad at me because they think I don't want her happiness and I'm just questioning Louie, who's just a good guy. But that's how they can appear at first. They can appear like good guys. And that's the trick. That's how they get you. They don't start off terrible. Otherwise, you would never be with them. But the sobbing? The sobbing. And I know, I know he related to his sisters, but why are you sobbing when you just said they're terrible people? And I feel like that would seem even strange to Gia and the girls. Like, why are you crying? I know, but I just, I'm, I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to stay on alert because Teresa has a tendency to let men talk to her wrong. We watched it with Joe constantly. So I'm sticking to it. Okay. Doesn't mean I'm all like Joe and Melissa are great now because they have their faults that they need to own up to. But there we go. Final answer. Well, not final. Watch me change my mind next episode. But it, I, I'm just, it's, we shouldn't be this confused by someone. They shouldn't be constantly like shifting and, hard to pin down. I think that's like a tactic too. I think when you're constantly questioning and on alert, that's sort of part of, isn't that like a, isn't that like a con man tactic? Like you never know, you're constantly guessing. So, okay. You know? All right. Now that I've got that off my chest, 
Let's get into this. FYI, this is another Jersey House episode. There will be timestamps in the description so you can jump to Summer House. And I have Morgan from Morgan's Pop Talks. You know her. She is so pretty, like so pretty. She's joining me for my Summer House recap. So check the timestamps in the description if you want to jump right to that. And if you haven't already, please leave me a little five-star rating and review if you are listening on a podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, I love you. I mean it. Love my little YouTube community. And if you're not already, subscribe, hit the bell, like the video, comment, and Patreon, sign up, join. I don't, I'm not a good salesperson. I don't like pitching that, but it is fun over there. We got a little community action going on, ad free content, early access to episodes. I usually release an episode a full 24 hours early and I'm doing a lot of bonus, con- bonus, bonus content coming up. Uh, starting now, once I'm done with Vanderpump Rules season three, Pia and I, my friend Pia, who I do a lot of episodes with, if you don't know her, um, she's great. We did all of Vanderpump Rules Season 3, which just coincidentally, it was already on my schedule, was already in my plans. It just happens to mirror so much of what we're seeing in Season 10. So that was a good rewatch. That is almost done. We're going to be recapping the reunion, and that is all there on the Patreon for you to enjoy if you sign up to be a grand dame or the moment. And uh, that's it. Everything is in the description. Okay? Roll the intro. Here at She Speaks Bravo, we believe that Bravo TV is a great form of self-care and therapy. Look at me. I've been using it for over a decade, and I am a complete mess. That's me, by the way. I'm Emily, and I'm your host on this journey. What is this, honey? I love that. If you're not already subscribed, get subscribed and hit that notification bell, because I'm releasing new episodes at least three times a week. You fool. That's my opinion! I talk bravo, I talk true crime, and sometimes I talk a little scripted. So whatever you're here for, I hope you enjoy the show. So I apologize that uh, now you're going to see a little, you're seeing going to probably hear a little difference split because I'm going to have to run in about 10 minutes to go get my Botox. I tried to get this recording done earlier, but I was stuck on hold with customer service. Isn't that the worst? I mean, not in the grand scheme of life, but it's not one of our favorite things to do. My TV decided to go out on me, which if you do what I do, that's kind of a disaster. So I was stuck on hold with them for an hour and a half. Yeah, hour and a half. Fuck, my back hurts. Oh my God, I slept weird. And every time I jolt my neck wrong or my head, my head wrong, oh, it just sends a whole sharp shooting pain down the back of my right shoulder. It's so stupid how when you just sleep wrong, it causes so much pain. Uh, anywho, so yes, I will be recapping for the next 10 minutes. I'll go get my Botox refresh, which I need so desperately. You will see the difference. I purposely don't have a hat on right now. See how much movement I have? Oh, God, it's horrible. Uh, but it just, when the Botox starts to kick in, it, you just, there's, it's unparalleled how much younger and fresher you look. And so I don't always, I don't go up to people and tell them, I got Botox. I get Botox. But when people start complimenting my skin, it's only when I've got the fresh Botox or the, the nice Botox face going on. 
It's a miracle worker. All right, let's get into this episode. Polly is now in recovery. Polly, okay, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Frank is doing too much, and I've been coming for Frank quite a bit. I don't. I'm, I'm kind of. I'm kind of getting a weird vibe from Polly though. It's unless Dolores is saying stuff off camera, and when the cameras go up, she's trying to be more PC about Frank. Polly's, Polly's kind of being a dick. It's like, it's her family, though. Like, you don't have to be so bad about it. Because it's one thing when Dolores is saying she doesn't want to do anything with Frank. But it it seemed to me in this scene like she was saying she'd like there to be more interaction with Frank. You know what I mean? And he's like, Frank needs to grow up. And she's trying to say, like, okay, well, this is, it's an adjustment for all of us. Like, me too. Like, you don't want to budge at all? Not even a little bit? Nothing? Okay. And he, he says, well, cause she says, you're close to your ex-wife. He goes, she's not living with my ex-girlfriend. She doesn't call me 50 times a day. And they cut to Dolores' confessional. She's like, well, she calls a lot, but look, you know, Frank's in my relationship, it's it's hard for a lot of people to adjust to. So she she gets it. But Paul Polly says that it seems like Frank is realizing he made the biggest mistake of his life. And that to me said, oh, so you're threatened a little bit. That's that to me says something different than you just wanting to put a boundary up. For Dolores' sake. For a minute, it seemed like he was doing it for Dolores. Like, let me teach you how to be treated by a real man. You don't need Frank to be the other man. You got enough of a man here. Then he said that, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Are you a little intimidated? Are you... It, it, it just it, it put a spin on it now. He's seeming a little controlling, to me. So I'm, I'm just, I don't trust any man. Okay. That is where I'm at because it seemed like she was getting uncomfortable. It seemed like she really was stuck. Like you don't want to do any meet me in the middle here. So she's like, okay, look, I'm just going to, I'll talk to him one-on-one. All right. And then she Talks about how she's going to go meet up with Jennifer. She made a lot of sense. She's like, I didn't see the point in talking to Jennifer before because it was like we were getting nowhere. But enough time has passed now where it seems like we could get somewhere. That made sense to me. That made a lot of sense to me. God, dude, it's I got the knot that I have in my shoulder is one of those knots where you can't even move your neck a little bit. Oh, God, we've all been there, I know. We go over to Rachel's house, and this felt kind of odd. They do this big backpack presentation for their child, who is way too young to carry it. And in her confessional, she's like, my toxic trait is that I'm a perfectionist. But I hate to tell you, that backpack is too big for her. And they make backpacks to be the right size for her. So, Miss Perfectionist, that's not so perfect. Then she lists all their companies 
and does the I'm corporate and he's from the streets. So it felt like a pitch. It felt like the pitch for like them on the show, you know? It was a little odd. Another thing that felt a little odd was discussing how she wants to adopt Jaden on camera. I want to hear about that. I do. But if you don't want to discuss the biological mother, don't discuss her. But it felt like they she wanted to discuss her. Maybe he didn't. She kind of wanted to go there with the details, but like not all the way. So she's like, when, when, when he was born, there was a lot of fighting. So John did what he had to do, took the bull by the horns. Okay. It's a little vague. Then they had interactions with her, her, uh, and you know, it was hard because at one point Jaden's like, please don't leave me. Uh, and it was weird having to tell his biological mom about what was going on in his life. I'm like, okay. And then at one point, there was a point in time where she needed to protect him from her coming back into his life because she knew that it would be best to keep her out of his life. I'm like, okay, hold on. If you're going to say... Like, you're not giving us enough information. And I did try, I tried to dig. I'm not very good at deep diving though. So I didn't, I didn't try too hard. I tried to dig to see if I could find out even what her name was, but I, I couldn't, but I, I gave up to be honest. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to do what the deep divers do. But if you're gonna, like, maybe just say her biological, his biological mom's not in the picture because John was not saying a word. He just said, I don't want to have any communication with her. I don't want to talk to her. But it felt like she was trying to maybe extract more out of him. Um, I don't, it was it was odd. And then I, of course, I'm like, is Marge looking into the mom? Is this something like shitty? Did they do something shitty with the mom? Is Marge digging up dirt on this? Probably not, because Marge likes Rachel. She wouldn't. Who knows? But it was a very strange scene. All around it was strange. The backpack presentation that was the, the backpack was like the size of her daughter. I mean, where is she going to take this? Okay. Oh God, you guys, this fucking thing in my shoulder hurts so much. I do so much head rolling and ow, it hurts so bad. Last week it was the hives. Now I got the shoulder thing. Dolores and Jen's lunch. They greet each other so naturally and warm. It's like clear they're, they're friends, you know, like they really do know and love each other. Jen's version, though, they do like a clip, the flash to her confessional, explaining what Dolores' support was like. It was not accurate. It was not accurate. It was really, it pissed me the hell off. She's just got it so confused. I'm like, are you forgetting that she came over to your house and she sat with you and let you work through your thoughts and feelings about it? And she stayed with you when you got in the fight with Melissa and she defended you when she went over to Melissa's shore house and all of them were talking shit about you. And she's like, you all gang up on her. I just, I just don't understand how she 
just misremembers it so much because of a few things that Dolores said that were, in my opinion, just kind of factual and unbiased. Like Dolores didn't blindly support you. And that's all it was. And that's what Jen wants, which is why Teresa and Jen remain friends. You know, it's that blind support. Like you don't say one thing against the other person. All right. Botox time. Be right back. I want you to picture something. I want you to picture freshly shaven legs and a clean set of sheets, but temperature regulating sheets, the softest sheets, sheets made from viscous from bamboo sheets. Don't know what that's like? Well, you need to try Cozy Earth's sheets, okay? They do also make them in linen, but I, the ones I have tried are the viscous from bamboo and I'm telling you right now, I was making sheet angels. You know, you just like, they are so freaking soft and the temperature regulating. And if you don't want to take my word for it, take Oprah's. Cozy Earth has been on Oprah's favorite things for the last five years. Not just their sheets either. Their pajama set, their joggers, their socks. I've been on a mission for a new cozy pant and the women's bamboo jogger pant are so soft. And I like the drawstring. They're not too tight. Even because I know people are like, well, they're drawstring. You don't have to tighten them. Sometimes like they already come too tight. And all of their fits on their pajamas are still flattering, which is really, it's hard to find. It's hard to find comfort and flattering because I do like to wear my cozy clothes out and about, you know, running errands or to dinner. They also make premium bath products, all made from viscous from bamboo. By the way, this is responsibly sourced viscous from bamboo, but they offer a plush collection and a new waffle collection. Waffle bath products are the new thing. Did I mention, by the way, they, every product from Cozy Earth comes with a 10-year warranty. Isn't that kind of wild? 10 years. Okay, I'll take it. Love it. And one more time, just one word, Oprah. Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for my listeners, 35% off site-wide when you use the code SHESPEAKS at checkout. So go to CozyEarth.com, use code SHESPEAKS, get 35% off the entire site. I'm back and I am poked and swollen, a little sore. People ask if it hurts. Yes. All right, let's get back to business. We're still at Dolores and Jen's lunch. Jen has just told me that she doesn't remember properly how Dolores supported her. I did I did forget though, there was a part where when they went to whose house was that? They went to someone's house and it was when Dolores it was when Dolores told Jen to like stop crying. I did forget about that. That was odd. That was weird. Where she's like, what are you doing? Stop crying. Knock it off. So I'll give her that. I'll give her that. But I'm done with it. I'm done with this fight. But can I be petty real quick? Jen's confessional look with the yellow dress. They didn't blend the contour on her nose. Like at all. It's like they forgot. And no one... No one could let her know. Or the lighting's bad and it's like not picking it up. But like what happened? But anyway, that's that's enough. That's enough of me being petty. But I was like, what the fuck? But they, Jen repeats what was upsetting her. And then Dolores is like, okay, let's call a truce. And then Dolores' confessional is if Jennifer had told me she was going through something instead of being mad, 
I would have, of course, been there in a different way. I'm like, didn't, didn't you know she was going through something? Okay, I can't. You guys, like, I literally, I can't. I'm so glad this is done. For the sake of the show, I'm glad this is done. But this also did feel kind of weird. It's almost like whoever's doing Dolores producer-wise, whoever's producing Dolores this season and whoever's producing Jen this season, convinced them like, we don't, this isn't playing out. Can we just, we need you guys to make a truce. Because they made up quick enough. They called the truce. They, they move on. Dolores brings up that Jackie said something about issues that Jen was having with Bill. Jen goes into it. Again, guys, the editing. What the fuck was this editing? Jen says a little bit of it. I'm sick of getting scolded for how I raised the kids. Dolores giving advice is very, it's so funny. It's very like Italian. I would say to him, why don't you spend more time home? And that's it. And Jen's like, I've, I've always catered to him to make him happy. Dolores, well, that's what we do. And then that's, and then that's it. She says she's sick of it and then transitions to how the, how bad the fighting is amongst the group. You know, Teresa, Joe, Melissa, Margaret and Danielle, Teresa and Jackie. And then brings up the Turkish coffee cup reader and how she doesn't want to have it at her house. So Dolores says, I'll have it at mine. Guys, this is clunky producing. This is like the whole thing. I feel like I could basically see the producer coming in and going, we need you to get off the topic of you two. Okay, call Dolores, call a truce. And then the producer steps out of the scene and they call a truce. And then the producer comes back into the scene and goes, okay, bring up the issue with her and Bill. And then they talk a little bit about the issue between her and Bill. And then the producer comes back in on the scene and goes, okay, we need to talk about the Turkish coffee cup reader. Do you not want to have it at your house, though? That's the issue, Dolores. Will you have it at your house? Okay, cool. Bring that up. It was, like, so unnatural. And then the editing, I swear to God, this editing of this show. It's like, fuck pacing, they say. Fuck pacing. No, we don't want to pace this show properly and make it feel natural. We want it to feel like you can tell we are producing these women. <sighs> Good Lord. All right. So then we get to Melissa and Antonio. Antonio? Antonia. Visit Joe on the construction site of their monstrous house, huge house. They go around the house a little bit. Melissa has, she mentions that she's uh, offered to do like a little crossover event with bougie, what is it? Bougie kids? Bougie moms? Bougie something with Danielle for Envy's pop-up. And Melissa's like, but you know, I don't know where we stand. You know, she stormed out of Rachel's party. Joe goes, she always leaves, which is not good. You don't want that reputation. But she's going to address she's going to address it because over at Danielle's house, she's getting the little tutus and things together for the pop up. And Teresa FaceTimes. I, like, I know it's not good because Teresa's sick, but isn't it really fu- is it just me? But is it not funny to see Teresa sick blowing her nose because Teresa's voice is so Teresa's just like a funny character to see sick and like vulnerable. I don't is that messed up of me to say that? But she's like, <laughs> she is so stuffed up and she shows her tissues. That's probably messed up. I'm probably. 
Is that just me? That can't just be me. Right? She's <laughs> her voice is all stuffed up and she's like, it's just my nose. <laughs> I don't know. That's just oh God. So she tells Dick, I forget that Danielle missed all of it with with Melissa and, and Louie and Joe. Like I did I forgot she missed literally the entire thing. So I was impressed that Teresa could simplify it like she did. That's one of those stories that I'd be like, oh my God, I can't even I don't even think I could tell you. And she's like, then he called me miserable, and I'm like, I'm miserable, you're miserable. And then I left, and then they left, and then Louie walked off, and then Louie cried. But then they show Louie crying, and and he's like, I just feel their pain. What? It just reminds me of my sisters. I just call my sisters and say I love you. God, I just, you know, it's just, uh, it's just... Odd. It's like, are you, so you like them and you feel for them and I, I shouldn't be this confused. I just, it's not, it's not, it's, you know, and I may be eating my words. I really might. I'm not saying I know everything and I might be really, I might feel really bad that I'm, that I'm getting the wrong read on him. But, cause, but I just don't. It's, we shouldn't, I shouldn't be, we shouldn't be this all over the place with him, you know? Melissa, though, is telling Joe that according to Marge, Louis sobbed after we left. And Joe's like, oh, it's all fake. And talks about what the blogs have been saying about Dina and her husband having a fallout with Louis. Just a side note, isn't it odd that he would say anything about the blogs? If he personally got a phone call from Dina's husband, right? You would think he wouldn't need to reference the blogs. You would think he would just say, well, then, as we know, Dina's husband had an issue with Louie and business, Pizzagate Part 2. And instead, he's like, well, then you see what these blogs are saying. and How do you need to talk about blogs? What do the blogs have to do with anything if you have a first, well, I guess it would be second, no, I guess first, if you're hearing from Dina's husband himself, which I want to, I don't know, I don't know if I buy that, just because Dina, Dina and Teresa are so close, but then Dolores was on Watch What Happens Live, and a caller called in and asked if... She thought that Louis seemed to be like the common denominator in Teresa's issues with people, like Teresa's issues with Joe and Melissa, and then Teresa's issue with Dina. And we have not got gotten confirmation from Dina or from Teresa that there's issues with Dina. In fact, Dina has blatantly said there is no issue. Teresa, same thing. Dolores said, no, I don't think that. Louis the issue with Dina. I think that there was there was a lot more stuff between Teresa and and Dina. There was a lot more stuff. So she confirmed that there was a lot more stuff with Dina, meaning there's an there is a falling out. Unless I heard it wrong. But she said that there was a falling out with Dina, which they've been denying. 
So is there a falling out or not with Dina? Oh my God, that's not. Ow. Oh, fuck. I just moved my neck weird. Oh, this knot is the devil. Let me just drink some more coffee and make it worse. You're really not supposed to drink caffeine if you got a really bad knot. But you know what? <laughs> Joe's veins are popping. When Melissa's like, look at your veins. Dude, his veins on his arm, on his neck, on his face. Jesus. He's like, I don't want Louie going around being fake to everybody. He's like, oh, I love this. I, You know, I don't like to side with Joe. I don't, I don't, but it, the, the whole like enlightened stuff, it could bear, it could be a great front. We've seen a lot of guru type people like self-help guru type people be rather corrupt. It's a great front. Back to Teresa and Danielle's FaceTime though. Ter- Danielle's talking about how she feels so betrayed by Rachel You know, I got to say, Danielle really is misremembering the conversation she had with Rachel, though, because Rachel did shut up as soon as Danielle started talking about Margaret. She did not know that Rachel was so in with Margaret. She really thought they were on the same page. Like, the two new girls, like, she gravitated more towards Jen and Teresa. Rachel gravitated more towards Margaret and that crew. And she's been friends with Melissa, So she did not, she really miscalculated. And so she didn't pick up that Rachel purposely shut up. And she's like, you know, I'm like, why am I the bad guy here? We were both in the same conversation. Yeah, but she wasn't, she wasn't talking, you know? But Danielle's like, this is a huge reminder of my childhood and high school. I was a jock and I hung out with the guys. So girls spread rumors. They keyed her car. I'm like, girl, if you're triggered this much, this is like, not the platform for you because this is kids play truly this is child's play to have one girl go tell margaret what you said and like this is just every day this is like basic you know what i mean just get ready for one of them to pull out a huge secret of yours danielle is upset at herself for letting them make her want to leave because I never like to leave a situation. It bothered me. It bothered me. Her accent is so amazing. She's like, there's a lot of stuff I still want to get off my chest with them. And she said, in her confessional, she goes, I let them do that to me? Nope. Uh-uh. Never, ever, ever. She's very memeable. She's very memeable. She's giving me like mob wives energy. She's got Drita from mob wives energy. She even says it in the after show. She's she's paired up with Jen in the after show. And she's like, you know, I'm not good with my words. You know, I'm good with my fists. Very Drita. Very Drita. We go to Paul's house now for the coffee reading. I honestly thought that Dolores was in like a 60s, 70s theme with the hair and the dress her hair is so like it's gorgeous don't even get me started on how jealous i am of her hair but it's very it was like 70s feathered hair everyone loves polly's place they all have like you know a house he's got like shades of gray you know Jen makes the funniest face when Marge comes in. She sort of like rolls her eyes like, ugh, Marge is here. 
Melissa does give Dolores her props. When she comes in, she's like, look, Dolores is doing something right. Frank built her a house. David built her a house. Now she's sitting pretty in this house. I was like, God, good point. Everyone gathers up on the roof and Melissa asks like, okay, what the hell are you two doing having a party together? And Dolores explains, oh, you know, well, we made a truce and, you know, she didn't want to have the thing in her house. And so, you know, we'll do it in mine. Marge's confessional. Yeah, they've called a truce, but does she really like her? Does anyone really like her? There's a way to throw shade and have it be funny, but she doesn't know how to be funny. Throw some flair on it. Throw a little humor. But like, Marge used to be funny. I remember Marge being funny. What happened to her? She's mean now. When Jackie arrives, Jen's like, has anyone talked to Danielle? Because I feel like she's probably the last one there. And the Jackie and Fessler immediately goes, because Marge is like, oh, bougie. Yeah, the bouge, the one who left as soon as you brought up her brother. Yeah. And then Jackie and Fessler go on and on, like, don't expect us not to ask questions. And Jackie's like, I mean, honestly, like, God, Jackie. We have every right to question her about her brother. But Marge is like, my problem isn't even that. She is not, she's going around saying I have like an arsenal of stuff. You know, like, what am I, like, what am I? Like, pew, pew, like, what, like, what, what am I doing? The way she's, de- <laughs> the way she's defending it, it's like, it's so obvious that you have that. You know what I mean? It's like, you're protesting a little too much. It's like, it's obvious you have it. Okay. And Jen takes ownership for it. That's my favorite. She's like, This is what makes Jen not as shady. Jen's like, okay, but she's just repeating what she heard. And she heard it from me. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. And she straight up is like, I'm the one. I I said it. And Marge is like, you know, but just like, don't be seeding this around. She's saying, know your place, new girl. And she's letting her know, don't mess with me. That's what she's saying. Don't fucking mess with me. Okay? Penny, I swear to God, it's like my cat Penny, she's inching towards wanting to be a part of the show. They go downstairs to get out of the heat and Dolores is like, I need to to tell you guys about something. I have something to tell you. And Marge is like, oh, that you two made up? (laughs) She hates it. She hates it, you guys. She fucking hates it so much. She hates it. But she tells them that Teresa, she called and she said, you know, while she was meditating, she just pictured us being in the wedding. And Jen's like, we're bridesmaids. And it was like dropping a ton of bricks on everyone's head. And Melissa's like, what? You weren't even at the engagement party. And Dolores is like, I don't care about that. And Melissa's like, I know you don't, but I'm just like, what happened? And the producer in Dolores's confessional asks, do you, th- now this is juicy to me. Do you think Dina being at the engagement party had anything to do with you not being invited? Dolores goes, I'm not talking about Dina ever. So then I'll watch what happens live. Andy or someone asked, what the fuck happened with Dina and you? Like, why are you guys like, and she goes, nothing. We just fell apart. We just grew apart. And Andy's like, well, the, you were pretty freaking aggressive with the producer 
when um, they asked you, like, about Dina, and she's like, yeah, I don't talk about her. And it's because, you know, she's close with Caroline and whatever, and it was all very cagey. Then in the after show, it was more caginess because they, they did a segment on, like, how does everyone really feel about Dolores and Jen being asked in the second round to be bridesmaids. Most people, like Rachel said, she was like, yeah, I thought it was sweet. Melissa, of course, is like, I don't like it. But Dolores was kind of cagey about it. And Teresa was a little cagey about it. I think it's not that crazy that if Dina and Dolores have an issue, Dina is uh, one of Teresa's daughter's godmother. So it's not that strange to me that she would get first pick, I guess, as bridesmaid. But then the fact that she's now not coming to the wedding, Teresa then thinks about it. Maybe it was for the show. Oh, fuck. Maybe it was like she thought about it more. There was going to be a wedding special. Maybe she thought I should have a couple cast members on it. What I mean, what could be like scandalous about it? I don't know. I mean, do how about this? Do we think that there is something way more scandalous to the Dolores Dina fallout? We still don't exactly know why Dolores, uh, I'm sorry, Dina and Caroline aren't talking. Let me put it this way: when you watch that seg- that section of the after show, it's so there's so many things unspoken between Dolores and Teresa. They also talk, Dolores and Teresa talk a lot in the after show about how they've had some fights. And I just can't picture the two of them fighting. We've seen Dolores be so gentle and careful with Teresa. And I just can't picture the two of them like going at it. So I'm like, you have? Really? It was so cagey and careful and also kind of sucks because I'm like, I would like to see you guys fight on camera. I'd like to see more of like a real... Smackdown then because we're getting this super careful relationship. It's getting a little obnoxious that they're not giving us everything because moving on, I'm moving on. Season's getting frustrating. They sit for lunch though. And Danielle's like, well, this is awkward. And they move on. Dolores presents the Ireland trip because since I'm a bridesmaid now, we should go on a trip. What? But then Angie starts the reading. <sighs> I'm a little uncomfortable that Polly was listening in. I was that weird? Is it is it not weird because it was his house? I get that she's happy and I love that, but I just don't trust any man. Okay. Rachel gets a V for victory. And in the next in the next three months or years, and she interprets that to mean that that's going to be about adopting her, uh, adopting Jaden. Marge connects with that. And I am not going to even touch that with a 10-foot pole. I don't feel like dragging Marge for that. Because you know what? That's something Marge would do. Okay? Marge would do that. And I'm not like her. Then, unfortunately, this woman gets way too specific with Marge when she does Marge's reading. Something with a friend, the letter L. I see a knife in your back, stabbing you in the back. But you got Jen over here being like, oh, what? 
Oh my God. Wow. This is crazy. I've never, she, wow, she's good. She's really good. And then Jen, when she hands it over to her, I, I didn't know that you were supposed to be like, what I want to hear about is my husband and like, what's going on with that? I didn't know you were supposed to like give him a topic. I thought you just like handed it over and like they saw what they saw. But then the woman is like, I'm seeing a lot of endorsements. Endorsement. And Jen's like, what? What a coincidence you say endorsements. And they're straight up like, lady, did you talk, Jen, did you talk to her before? Jen is so offended. You think I would tell her to say endorsements? I've never even met this woman before this. Never even met her even though I'm the one who suggested her, okay? Never even met her. Danielle, though, she, they, which is so embarrassing for her. The, Angie, the woman's like, you know what? Not everyone believes. Not everyone believes. The reason why I don't believe it is because it was too on the nose. It was, it was either producers that gave her all this intel or something because it was too much. It was, it was too, too much. But Danielle hands over her cup and it's like, there's conflict with you and your brother. I see a wedding and you're not in it, but it's going to get better. Okay. Wow. So spot on. But Danielle cries because basically any mention of her brother makes her cry. And Jackie says, I hope that's true for you. And Danielle goes, do you? And then Fessler joins in. And Fessler says that she, you know, like, basically, I didn't get it either. And so we weren't trying to say, like, we don't we don't want you and your brother to be happy. We just had questions. And Danielle's thing is like, look, it's it's dumb and crazy to me, too. I don't get it either. And Melissa's like, fine, that's enough. Like, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Okay, back everyone off. Just don't leave again. Because, like, that's the rule. Danielle explains that she's like, I don't like to be the one to leave, but I was just so blindsided by this one over here. And she's looking at Rachel. And Rachel's like, What? Me? What did I do? And Danielle's like, what you did is made it seem to Marge like I was trying to like sabotage her or something. And Rachel's like, that's not true. What? I did not. There's just like back and forth about this. And Rachel's like, I don't care about any of this. And Danielle gets so she's like, but I do. And the whole table goes, whoa. Okay. Like, and you know what? As much as it might have been dramatic, Someone had to, someone had to do something at this party, and Rachel, you need to know you don't fuck with Danielle. That's how I took it. She's like, you need to know you don't do that shit. And Rachel's like, I didn't take anything out of context. I just repeated what you said because she's my friend, so I gave her the heads up. See, you mis you misunderstood. Rachel likes March. Okay. And then Fessler gives a hypothetical. Which this was very telling. Very telling. She goes, if I were to say something about Jen Aiden to you, wouldn't you go and tell her? And Danielle goes, I probably wouldn't. I don't like to make situations worse. Ooh. Ooh. And I believed her. 
I did because she's like, why would I? Why would I? It's petty and it's stupid to go do that. <gasps> she's better than all of you in that moment. And then Danielle, because Rachel's like, well, what did I, well, like doing that? Like, well, okay, well, what did I, like that dumb shit. Like, you know what you did? You know that you were being messy and you know that she didn't know you were so tight with Marge and you had that alliance and, you know. And so then Danielle's confessional, this kind of like could shut down, this could be put in basically any show or franchise, maybe any housewives. Guilty, insecure bitches have no capability of apologizing. <laughs> I loved it. And then she goes in the in the scene to Rachel. She goes, "Okay, got you, got you." Like, I see you now. And then Dolores kicks them out. Like, I I have a headache. Get the fuck out. <sighs> I'm so, I, like, it's so choppy. It's so choppy. Like, Teresa's not giving me enough. Dolores, when it, when it comes to the stuff with Teresa's life, I don't get all of the information. Same thing with Joe and Melissa. Like, I don't get all of it. So there's this whole layer right underneath that I'm like, I would like to have that info, info, please. So what, like, what happened with Dina? I'm not going to know. Sure. Great. Cool. Thanks. I don't know. And even with Dolores, Dolores, like when it comes to Teresa, we protect Teresa at all costs. I'm like, okay, I, I love that, but I really miss when I could get it all. So like, I, I don't even know what's going to happen next week, even though we get a preview. Well, first the preview, first in the preview, Danielle goes, I saw a rat that took everything I said and spun it. And I love, I love Melissa. Ooh, calling someone a rat where we're from. Oof. I love that. I love when we get a where we're from, from Jersey. Ooh, it's like a movie. But they go to Ireland and there's this moment with Jen and Melissa and Teresa where they're talking about something and Jen says that Teresa speaks to Melissa out of obligation. How is this a shock though, by the way? How is this a shock? Like, how in any way at this point is Melissa shocked that Teresa doesn't genuinely like you? Hello. Like, really? You're shocked? And then this is finally when Jen is going to say what Laura said, that someone we all know was making out with another guy. Hurry it up already. Get to it. So yeah, like we we just everyone's like protecting someone about something, and we still, you know, Dina's still a big mystery, and Delores. It's this is not the season we thought it was going to be, and also, what's Pizzagate Part Two? What happened? It, did that really happen? Because literally, up until not so long ago, Dina was doing a Q and A in her uh, stories on Instagram and said that she's fine with Teresa. And there's Dolores on Watch What Happens Live last night saying that there's a falling out. So what the fuck? It's like, it's like, why the lies? It's all the time. It's constant. So I don't know. I It's like I'm tired of trying to figure out what the story is. Pizzagate exhausts me. Oh, so someone came out. I don't remember what the content creator's name is and said that like she had, she figured out that Louie purchased all the pizza ovens. There, there was like these little personalized pizza ovens that they were going to sell. 
And there's the skinny Italian or skinny whatever on them, skinny pizza or something on like the decal on the pizza ovens. And the way they presented it was that Louis didn't lose any money. He just is now selling them to try to recoup his investment. But I'm like, doesn't that prove he did put the money up and he is just trying to get his money back? So I don't know what that proved, but that's been like the latest on the Pizzagate intel. Um, I do think that Louis did something pretty shady because who puts down $250,000 without having worked out some kind of percentage deal like with Joe? Like, okay, so I'll put down this money and here's the percentage deal going into it. There has to be some element that like he did kind of intentionally deceive but I don't care anymore. I'm exhausted. This is what it happens with Jersey. I get exhausted. I get so freaking tired of trying to like dissect it. And it goes back and forth so many times. And then what happens at the reunion is no one's intelligent enough to debate well. So I'm like, I don't know even what you just said. What did you just say? All your receipts are confusing. What? I don't care. And they just yell over each other. And then Andy starts screaming. Oh, God. This knot in my shoulder. Good Lord. All right. Let's get you guys over to my summer house recap with Morgan. And I'm going to go lay on a pressure ball. Okay? If you've been listening to me for a minute, you have heard me tell the story of my friend who shocked me at the beginning of the year and said that she wanted to actually try to get pregnant. And I was like, what? I thought we were in this no kid thing together. And she actually used my um, code, my code for modern fertility, the modern fertility test, which I'll get into in a second. And she got her results back. She took those results into her OBGYN and it turned out that she actually was going to have a very hard time getting pregnant. And I say this to you, my listeners and my viewers, as someone who does not personally want children of her own. But if you think you may want children one day, someday, plan for it and get your hormones checked. I think modern fertility is amazing for this because to me that sounds really intimidating and also very expensive because traditional hormone testing can cost like $600 or more. Plus you got to like book the appointment. It's like very serious. Modern fertility is a finger prick. You put it in the prepaid label and you get your results back in six business days. You get all the same hormones tested that you would in traditional hormone testing, like your ovarian reserve, which is very important to know, and other important factors that could affect your fertility. And you can download those results, which is what my friend did, download those results and take them into your doctor. And then they can go over them with you. So Modern Fertility, the test is $179. But if you go to modernfertility.com slash she speaks, you can get $20 off the test. Plus, you can get reimbursed for the test through FSA slash HSA. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off their test when you go to modernfertility.com slash she speaks. That means your test will cost you $159, which is a fraction of the cost at a fertility clinic. Get $20 off your fertility test at modernfertility.com slash she speaks. Modernfertility.com slash she speaks. 
Okay, guys, try to be cool. Don't embarrass me in front of my guest. You may know her from her up-to-the-minute pop culture content. I think she should be turned into a Disney princess character. I really oh, do. That's so sweet. I feel like they should actually make a. Di- I think they should really modernize a Disney princess character actually and turn them into like a little radio, like a little radio host pop culture. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be cute? I love it. I would be down. Right? We have Morgan from Morgan's Pop Talks. Hi, Morgan. Hi, Emily. Thank you. I feel like I already know you, and I know we've talked, you know, while we weren't recording, but this is so long overdue. So I'm excited to talk all things Summer House. It always it takes me a while to get up the nerve to like actually reach out and ask someone because I have such bad like fear of rejection and social anxiety. No, I love it. I feel like the Bravo community is just such a fun one, you know, and I think anytime that you can, I mean, my whole page and podcast and everything was a pandemic baby. So anytime that you can connect with people that you don't even know and become friends, like I said, I feel like you and I already are. I love it. So girl, shoot your shot. Wait, you started yours in the pandemic. It grew that fast. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, to make a really long story short, um, if anybody follows me at all, they know that my fiance lives in London. So I was spending a lot of time by myself during the pandemic. We saw each other one time in a year and a half for 10 days. Yeah, it was, it was really rough. And I also work on a morning radio show here in Cleveland and, uh, I was broadcasting from home. So I had all this time on my hand and I was alone and I was just looking for something to do, honestly. And so my job on my radio show is to do the pop culture reports. So I was like, you know what? Like, let's try out this TikTok thing. Cause nobody, TikTok back then was not what it is now. Now it's a business model. Back then people were just kind of doing whatever they wanted. And one thing led to another. And I feel like it's, it was a snowball that was just rolling down a hill, you know? And it was like, once it started rolling, it just was not going to stop. And here I am. And I can't and complain. I here love it. you are. TikTok really has, it, it, it moved quickly. Mm-hmm. It moved from fun to like, oh, this, because it went, you can go viral on it. And like yeah. people, people monetized it so fast. So it's, it's fun that you got in before that out of, out of just pure joy of enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was never a plan, a thought, anything that it was going to become what it is. I mean, none of that. I was literally just doing it because I enjoyed it. And I mean, but I'm so grateful because I didn't, I had no idea like where life was taking me because I love radio, but like, I don't want to move for a radio job. And I I love this. And it's like, I don't want to move to LA, but almost in this industry, you feel like you have to, but it's like, no, you don't, you can make your dreams come true right where you are. And I feel like I am a living example of that. See, I'm really feeling Disney princess energy here. Oh, <laughs> I'm saying because, you know, they started modernizing the Disney princess. I think they should really like modernize it down to that I love kind it. of level. Hey, if they give me a fat check, I'm here for it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay. So what I like to do with my guests is go through the cast of Summer House and get like a state of the union, like where you land on them. Okay. okay. Yes. All right. Here we go. Amanda. Amanda, I want to love but I have trouble doing that. You know, like, I feel like I want to be her friend. I want to be on her side. And I think she's a nice person, but I think sometimes, I I don't know. I just feel like sometimes there's a little level of sneakiness behind 
her choices mm-hmm. and it puts me off a little bit. Same kind of right. Same. Okay. Ma- good. Good. Maya. Maya. I like Maya. I think she has a newfound confidence in season two that might be rubbing people the wrong way. Yes. Sierra. (laughs) Sierra, I wish that she would be less guarded. I mean, even when you hear people in the house talking about her and like struggling to get to know her, I think one of the top moments of the whole season so far was Karma Brown. And I'm like, where is this Sierra? I want to see this Sierra in every single episode. And I think fans would take to her differently. Yeah. Like if you need to keep that wig on, just keep the wig on. Yeah, really. Like if that wig gives you that power. Okay, fine. Keep it on. Yes. Paige. I might get some hate for this because I right now Paige is my least favorite on the show. Really? I'm shocked you said that because I feel like you loved Paige for a while. I did. I did. And you know, I... But you know what? I I like this about you. You can change your mind based on what's coming up. Yes. Thank you. I hate it when people get so angry about that. It's like people change. They have different seasons. And it's like, because I also love to go back and do rewatches while I'm watching the current season, just to see how the dynamics change. And I just started watching, um, I finished season three and I just started rewatching season four. And I feel like it's two completely different people, what we're seeing. And I'm like, I miss the old page. I don't know if it was one of those things where, you know, she had her best friend in Hannah and that kind of made her a bit funnier, lighter, whatever, or if they're just choosing not to put it in because there's so much drama with Lindsay. But like, I don't like that the only time we see Paige is when she's talking about Lindsay. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Maybe they're editing. Maybe that's just what they're choosing to show because that's their, that's how editing works. And unfortunately, that's what that's the story they get to tell. But yeah, agreed. All right. This is a big one. Danielle. Oh, if you would have asked me yesterday too, my I, my answer would have been different, but I just watched this week's episode today. And um, I, oh, it's so hard because my initial reaction is to say, I still, I feel sad for Danielle because I feel like she's, she's kind of lost. And, you know, people will say, I think she, she was lost in her relationship with Robert. And I also think she's just lost with her friendships. Obviously we're seeing the big one with Lindsay, but people say, oh, Danielle finally found her backbone and sticking up to Lindsay. And I'm like, she literally just listened to what Danielle or to what Paige and Amanda had to say and fell for it hook, line, sinker. How is that gaining a backbone? To me, it's the opposite. It's being manipulated into changing your opinion on one of your longest friends. Lindsay is not 100% innocent, in my opinion. And of course- Lindsay's not everybody's cup of tea, but I just feel like she's easily persuaded. And here, here's what I will say about Danielle. I really think she wants to be famous. Oh, really? Oh, yes. I didn't see that. Okay. That's an interesting perspective. Yes. And she feel, and maybe like this has been, and, and this is what she's doing this season. Maybe is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, because the first time we even saw her, on like watch what happens live was like one time last year. And then you see her on watch what happens live this year. And, and kind of like Maya, she just has this new confidence to say things, do things that are going to get people talking. And 
for someone like Danielle, who has been, been through the whole circle, right? Like she's been a friend of, she's been a main, she's been not asked back for certain seasons. What and then season was that? Back. I think it was, it's either season three. There was one season where she was skipped. I can't remember. It was either two or three because I did. Just I think do it was. Rewatch. Yeah, it was early on, right? Yeah, it was. It was early on. Definitely yeah. before. It was either either season three or before. Okay. So I don't know. I kind of feel like she's playing a game a little bit. Okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all these problems are going to come for me so hard. Uh, yeah. Tell me about. Okay. I've. All right. Lindsay. How are we, how are we feeling about Lindsay? Okay. Like I said, I know that Lindsay isn't everybody's cup of tea, but what I will say is that I think Lindsay is the only one where you actually know where she stands a hundred percent of the time. You don't have to second guess what Lindsay is doing because she is very direct. Sometimes I think too direct. I think, I think the, the thing about Lindsay and what people get misconstrued is that she's not at all an emotional person. We've seen her through a lot of breakups, like two or three breakups on the show. Have you ever seen her shed one tear over a breakup? No, she hasn't. No, she She just gets gets angry. Yes, yes. And I think that people maybe look at that and, and view her as, you know, harsh and cold and mean. But I think that she's just very guarded because of the way that she was right. She had a very hard upbringing, mm-hmm. right? Mom. She was in, she was in ROTC. So it just, I think she has a different communication style as everybody else on the show and they don't know how to handle it. Yep. But I'll say if any other female on that show was put in Lindsay's position, they would crumble in two seconds. Could you imagine like a whole season of people ganging up on Amanda. I was like, I was like, Amanda couldn't handle Danielle saying no. she trusted her the least. I mean, granted, no. she was drunk and she's since made fun of herself for it, but still, yes, yes, yes. So that's what I think about Lindsay. Yeah. All right, Carl. I love Carl. Okay. I'm sorry. I do. I do. And I know they're getting a lot of flack for being boring and whatever, but it's like compared to who, Sierra? You know, like, are we really going to compare who's the most boring out of the cast? For me, I think it hits a little bit differently because um, in my relationship, my partner is sober and I am not. Um, I'm not a huge drinker anyways, but I just I like seeing those stories on reality TV because they're not often told, especially in this environment where Summer House is very, um, you know, heavy on drinking and partying. And I personally don't find it boring to see Carl mature as a person. Now, of course, they're not going to be able to stay on this show forever. And I think this season kind of the beginning of the end just because it doesn't fit. Um, But I, I, I don't like it when people call them boring because of it, because I don't think that's the right word. Yeah. What about Kyle? I feel the same way about Kyle that I do about Amanda. I want to like Kyle. I think he's fun. I think he's funny. I loved him on the traders, but he just does things sometimes that I'm like, what the heck, dude? And not just this season. Like, yeah. yes, we have all the situation with with what he said about Carl at the dinner, which I found just Horrifying. so sad. It was just so sad. Not only that, 
But people forget so quickly that one season ago, him and Amanda were having screaming matches about him drinking too much and he's yelling at her and he's, you know, calling her all kinds of bad names. So it's like, there's pros and cons, obviously, to everybody. And I want to like Kyle, but some of his decisions make it make it difficult to. And did he ever apologize to Lindsay directly for screaming at her? No. That shocks me. I mean, unless they cut it out, but like, dude, no, that was a lot. No, he hasn't. I can tell you, even to this day, he hasn't. And, you know, Carl has uh, been more vocal in interviews lately, which I'm really liking from him because, you know, he's notoriously maybe not notoriously known, but if you like study the show, he avoids conflict at all cost. And even with his fiance, now Lindsay, he avoided that conflict, like by all means. But lately he's been doing podcast interviews and red carpet interviews. And I saw uh, one last week where he said, you know, Kyle is going to have to apologize to Lindsay. Now, Lindsay's the type of person who she's like, don't Carl, don't tell him to apologize to me because I want it to be genuine. She's like, if you have to tell him to apologize, I don't want his apology. So we'll see where it lands. I think that he'll probably apologize to her at the reunion. At the reunion. But at that point, it's also like it's been are you so just doing, long. Yeah. Are you just <laughs> at that point it's been like a year? Clearly doing it in front of cameras. And that also is not genuine. I uh, yeah I would uh, well I'll get to it I'll take us through the recap but there was a part where she's so happy to see him and so nice and I was like have you even apologized sir? I know no <sighs> it's sad it's so sad especially when you consider and I'm sorry I know I'm gonna mention the rewatch a hundred times but like they used to refer to each other as their brother and sister like that's how they would refers to each other and so to see this is just really sad their friendship really like was one of my favorite friendships because it was like the silliest friendship granted it was based on them getting like blackout drunk and taking care of each other which probably isn't the healthiest most sustainable (laughs) dynamic but like i always think back to the the hilarious scene in winter house when Lindsay gets wasted her first night there and it's like falling into the wall and kyle's like helping her up and and then and then I made a whole piece of content over it because, like, Lindsay is just an, she's just one of those like unconditional friends. She really, mm-hmm. truly doesn't judge people. And Kyle gets wasted and literally can't find Amanda in the house. Yes, I remember. And he's like crying, can't find Amanda. And <laughs> Lindsay's like, I'm going to go find her. Yeah. Like, her ROTC <laughs> training kicks in. She finds Amanda and just picks Amanda up, like throws her over her shoulder, delivers yeah. Amanda to Kyle, and then just is like, my job here is done. And like, <laughs> yeah. leaves. So like, they had such a good friendship and it's really sad to see where it's land where it's ended up and I just feel like we are missing some element that they're keeping off the show like what are you guys not telling us because it just nothing's adding up based on what we're seeing like I'm trying to understand where you guys are coming from here Kyle like I'm trying to understand what this anger is but I don't get it because I, I just I don't see it and I need you to either tell me and if they save it for the reunion like if we get to the reunion we go all season not getting it and then they're like well, it was this thing that happened before the summer. I'm like, well, that's stupid, you guys. You should have yeah. told us during the season because I don't like when they yeah. do that. Well, not to mention when you think back to last year's reunion, Paige wouldn't even look at Lindsay and we still don't know why. Do we know why she acted like that at the reunion? 
No, and I I had to put together. I went on. You know when you go on those like weird deep dives where you kind of lose your mind. I uh, every week. <laughs> I like yeah. lost my mind because I like here. The hardest part about Winter House is it confuses me in terms of like when they were when it was filmed yeah. to like when. So I went through and compared like the when when they posted on their Instagram and like took the timeline of when they filmed Summer House to when they filmed Winter House, and I figured out that Paige, I think, grew resentful that she had – Craig and Paige were like the Instagram it couple, like the Instagram mm-hmm. Bravo couple. Then Summer House airs and we get that not-so-great Craig weekend with the Kristen mm-hmm. revelation. And for in Paige's mind, I think it was like Lindsay did that. Lindsay yes. made Craig look bad. Mm-hmm. Then they know how the season's going to air where it's like Lindsay can't find love. Carl can't find love. They mm-hmm. come together in like a rom-com as where Craig's going to look like the drunk asshole. That got kicked out of the wedding that, that nobody yeah, talks yeah, about. Exactly. Then yeah. they get to Winter House and they're – we all saw Winter House. Like it was just like we hate them. We yeah. hate them. We're going to bring up Dickgate and we're going to act like that's some big <laughs> smoking gun. And so by the reunion, it's like the hatred had just brewed. Yeah. Andy was so pissed at Paige. Andy was like, you are sitting next to me, bitch. You got, yeah. you got next to me and this is how you're going to act. You're not even going to look to your right. Yeah. Well, and you know, they were supposed to do a winter house reunion, but the rumor is that her Craig and Austin pulled out last second. And I've heard that from winter house cast members. So it's on pretty good authority that that's what happened. And I'm just like, at, at what point do you start worrying about your job? security, you know, because like, if you pull a stunt like that on a reunion where you won't even speak to somebody and then you pull out of a reunion completely, are you anticipating that you're not going to be on Bravo that much longer? Because I can't imagine that Andy is going to take well to that. Or are you that entitled and you're like, we're on two shows. Good luck kicking us out. Like that's That's the problem. They've created monsters. Yeah, that's true. You know, for Craig especially, he's like, they can't fire me. I am Southern Charm. (laughs) And he he kind of is at this point when you think about it. Like, if you lost Craig, it's like, well, you kind of can't do it now. Like, Shep isn't going to hold that show together. Right. So that's the problem. And they know they have. They know Craig's a damn monster now. They did it to themselves. They did. (laughs) You know? Yep. All right. Let's get into the recaps. All right. We pick up. We pick up Danielle saying, if your best friend isn't hard on you, then who is? And it's, I love that Lindsay responded exactly the way she did. It's like, there's a difference between Mm -hmm. pushing me to be a better person versus, I don't know what you're trying to say here, Danielle. It basically made it seem like. Yeah, you're being upset. You're upset at me. Because you want to fight with me. That's you not the same. You want to fight with me. And then you also, what are you saying? You want me to keep drinking? You want me to like keep, it was a, I thought it was just poor wording. But then when Danielle says, I'm trying to push you maybe to be a better friend, I was like, okay, that's what – there it is. There it is right there. Let's extract that. But unfortunately, you just did this in front of the group, which is a very vulnerable place to do it. You're looking Mm -hmm. at like Paige, who Lindsay's – as much as Lindsay can keep it moving because she is a professional – 
it's like Paige is still someone she knows she has ongoing tension with. Right. It's not like a safe space. Amanda, she just had a scene with where she was like, let's make up. And it was a very weird lunch. Yeah. This isn't a safe space for this to happen. Right. And Lindsay's confessional is that basically I don't have a boyfriend like Danielle's. Danielle gets to operate in a relationship, but operate socially like she's single. Fair. I was going to say, like, can you disagree with that? You really can't. And it's like, I was reading Lindsay's interview that she did with Bryce Sander this week. And she's like, you know, Danielle only ever asked me to go to Montauk at 2 a.m. on a Saturday night. And she's like, you know, if I'm not trying to drink, it's an hour away. We're going to get there. We're going to go to the same house party. And then we're going to drive an hour back. I don't need to be out until five o'clock in the morning without my fiance when I'm trying to cut back on drinking. Why can't we do something on a Sunday? So it's Mm. like, who knows those types of little minute details that we're missing? Because I think a lot of people are like, Lindsay is neglecting her friendship with Danielle. But then you think, Danielle is projecting her relationship insecurities onto Lindsay. And it's just a perfect storm for their relationship to like crumble under the pressure of both of those things. Because I think both, both have truth to it. Yes, both have truth. And there isn't someone there to like mediate it properly. There's only someone there to like fan the flame of Danielle hating on Lindsay. They're like, you're so right, Danielle. You are so right. I'm like, no, opposite. We need someone to do the opposite right now. Yeah. And I feel bad because Lindsay's like, this is not how I hoped, girls. I wanted to like have a bonding moment with you guys. And instead, literally everyone came for her. Yeah. And it's sad too because like, let okay i'm just gonna put myself in Lindsay's shoes if that's the case and this has been going on for a long time now with these girls i'm not going to a girls night with you hoping that i'll bond with you like i'm staying as far away from you girls as possible so i think that too just kind of reiterates the fact that like you said she can keep it moving but nobody wants to give her the opportunity to do that yeah she was willing to hang out with you guys despite you know, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then you guys pick on her like, is it weird having not having Carl here? She's like, no, it's fine. No. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what's it like when you do drink? She's like, it's fine. It's totally yeah. fine. Like I come home. <laughs> They're like, oh, really? You come home? Yes, I come yeah. home. What? I think it's also, she also made a really good point in that Entertainment Tonight interview where she drew the parallel to winter house. She's like, you know, in winter house, everyone was like, Oh good. Lindsay should stay sober. And then you get to summer house and everyone's like, why are you not drinking? So it's like, Oh, and she's like, I can't win no matter what I do. No. And that's just facts. Like it's literally facts. She cannot win. Any choice she makes is not the correct choice. What is it about that? That's wild. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're trying to push her out, but it's just, it's still just, it's lame. <laughs> Honestly, like there's no other way to describe it other than just being super catty. She really has graduated to the point though where she could join a housewife's franchise and I wouldn't it wouldn't be, feel out of like uh, it wouldn't yeah. feel off brand to me. Well, especially when you consider they just rebooted the entirety of New York City. Yeah. So it's like I feel like she very easily with this, you know, they they skewed a lot younger mm-hmm. uh, with the new cast, so maybe. I mean, yeah. 
I don't know how much longer that they'll last on Summer House. Yeah. So so maybe maybe that's their next venture. Who knows? Yeah. I hope so. I do too. Guys night though, Carl and Kyle give Chris the task of going to each of the girls' rooms and pulling something that they're going to need, like deodorant, toothbrush, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I was really grossed out that Chris got underwear. I think everyone in America okay, good. was grossed out. Yeah. Just felt unnecessary. Yeah. Like you could have grabbed anything and you chose the thong. I don't want you touching that. The only, yeah. the fun, fun, the funny part was when he had a blow dryer and Kyle's like, that's definitely my blow dryer. And he's yeah. like, oh, I assume this was Amanda's. He's like, do you even know me? <sighs> yeah. I would love to know what Sierra thought about that. I would you know, too. Because they said on, I think if, if they were going to do it, they shouldn't have said whose it was because that's, it's just weird. I agree. It was very violating. Very violating. Uh, back to Girls Night, though. Paige does the classic reality TV trope. Does anyone have something else they'd like to get yep. off their chest During before the pop- we move on? <laughs> always, always. And I'm very happy that Gabby did decide that now was the time to address Sierra. Um, this was a little sticky. This was like, oof, this made me this made me clench up a little bit because she's like, I don't really know where I stand. And I get the vibe that you are guarded and you like to stick to your established friendships. None of that was necessarily attacking, but I know that those are probably buttons for Sierra. And like maybe she touched them because then Sierra came back with, I don't think you're trying to get to know me either. And some of the questions you asked, some of the things you said were kind of surface level and your surface level level answers came off arrogant. I said, damn. I know, right? Like, damn. Jesus. But I, Gabby giving me that confessional where she, it's like, this, this is a reality TV star response. Yeah. After stumbling, after getting cheated on, having a bad breakup, getting fired, I might be overcorrecting. I said, well done. Good therapy term. But if it comes across as arrogant, I'm not sorry. Because I loved I'm, it. I'm not going to sacrifice myself to make you feel comfortable. I loved it. Queen. The newbie, the newbies had the moments of the episode, and I know we'll get to Sam's Sam's moment later. They did, but I'm loving Gabby too, and I, I she hit the nail on the head. You know what it was giving me, and and this also, I felt the same way with uh, Lindsay and Daniela in this moment. A lot of these friendships to me parallel the Serena Vanderwoodson and the Blair Waldorf situation where it's like you have one friend and they, you know, people love them and they're fun and they're happy and you like all the attention is drawn to them. And you have the other friend that's like, well, what about me? I mean, we even Amanda even called Danielle a supporting character to her face, which is giving that a lot. But also with Gabby, are they intimidated by her too? Because they can see, you know, the potential that oh, yeah. fans are going to love her and that she's going to fit in like a, a glove. It takes a lot for a newbie to like hit it out of the park season one. And I think Gabby is really doing that. And I also just find it very interesting that the same thing that Sierra had once accused Lindsay and Danielle of she is now being accused of, and that is being unapproachable and being surface level and not including the newbies. I agree. I think that's very ironic. Yeah. Because hello, 
And Gabby's like, I would have. And Gabby's not having it. She's like, well, I don't even think we had a chance to have a conversation. So what are you right. even, basically, what are you even talking about? And I would right. love the chance to do that. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, cause what are you supposed to do? Have these deep heart to hearts? Like, hi, how are you? Oh, by the way, here's my childhood trauma. Like, no, you have to gradually build to that level of friendship. And clearly it's not happening. I feel like it's very clicky. Um, but I even think like Sierra and Maya are like a micro click page mm-hmm. and, uh, Amanda are like a micro click. The four of them obviously are very clicky, but I even feel like they have there's like an in, there's there like too. inner twos inner yes. twos and then like the overall click for sure yes. and i think you're completely right it's almost like the new girls they seem even younger and more fun than the returning younger girls and they're yeah. like oh wait this is what they cast this is yeah. different we didn't yeah. expect this you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. i didn't expect this at all yeah and Danielle comes swooping in and her her energy was hard to read because you couldn't tell if she was being if she was mad like I wish I'd had this conversation with Sierra a long time ago. So Sierra's like, "Okay, hold on." Yeah. Like Sierra had no idea but really what Danielle was saying was we missed out on a lot we could have been friends this whole time. Right. Which Lindsay was supportive of. You got Lindsay yeah. who just fought with Danielle and there's Lindsay like, oh, she's mad. she's mad that she didn't get to be your friend. And I'm like, I'm just shocked at how Lindsay can really just dust herself off mm-hmm. and want the party to keep going. Yeah. And I feel like, like I said, I feel like a lot of people just misunderstand her Yeah, and they take maybe one activated moment and they like throw that label on her forever. But I do feel like at the end of the day, she just wants people to have fun and to be happy. And she wants people to do that for her and Carl in the same respect. And they just don't, they don't do it. Yeah, because as soon as she – because Sierra's like, so what are you mad about? And Danielle's like, I'm mad because I like you. And Lindsay's yeah. all like, yeah, she's mad because she likes you. Like she's, not, <laughs> she's like super pumped for them. It's like, yeah. wow, man, she's had nothing but people coming for her at this yeah. dinner. And she's still ex- able to pull out excitement for them to be friends. Yeah, I really tr- – like I don't see Lindsay as a perfect character. I've even had people be a little disappointed in me for not being like nothing but supportive of Lindsay mm-hmm. this season just because I can see her flaws – Mm-hmm. But, like, I cannot see what she did in this dinner, especially, to yeah. deserve what happened. So I felt really bad for her at this dinner. Yeah, really I'm bad. with you. I I often get called, a, like, a Lindsay lover. You know, and I am. I, I do love her. I love a lot of Bravo celebrities. And like you, she's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But also, it's like... I just want people to be able to be happy for her and supportive of her. And it seems like pulling teeth to even try to get that. And I can't understand too, when you're in a relationship, things change. Like I was the last one in my friend, in my friend's circle to, you know, get engaged, whatever. And I was the single one running around with all my married friends. And I can understand how Danielle like feels. Sometimes you feel awkward. Sometimes you feel like a third wheel. But at the end of the day, when you all boil it down, it has nothing to do with my friendship. It just has to do with what happens in life when you grow up and, you know, your first phone call is no longer your best friend of however many years. It's your husband. That's just the way that life works. Yeah. 
Carl and uh, Kyle dare Chris to kiss Sierra's toes right when they walk into the bar, and he does. And I, I, I have to be honest though, I didn't hate it because it was like that kind of thing that was like silly, cringy, mm-hmm. but it was cringy. Like it made my whole <laughs> body, like from the from the bottom of my feet de- up to my head, I was like, "Stop it, stop it!" But it's funny. Like it's funny because somehow. It was okay. Like, but then you just hear Lindsay in the background go, What happened at boys' night? Yeah. <laughs> and I feel poor Chris. I mean, the only screen time he's getting is when he's digging through underwear drawers and kissing people's feet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, poor Chris. He handled it very well. He really executed. He yeah, didn't he, did. he didn't say one word <laughs> and just kissed her, slowly kissed her feet. But poor Lindsay, the way she's like, the way she looks at Carl, she's like, that didn't go. It was almost like a, like, like when your parents pick you up from a sleepover and you're like, I want to go home. Yeah. It was like that vibe. She's like, you want to go? I want to go home. I felt bad. Dude, when Amanda stood under the sprinkler with her bat, I was like, your purse. Oh, I was like, is your phone in there? Like, I got panicked for those reasons. But she didn't care. She's living her best life. She did not care. But Danielle is sad. And then we get this scene where Paige and Amanda pull Danielle into the room. And Paige says it's so it's she had been already talking to Danielle earlier and off camera, apparently. And Danielle's like, I'm sad because Paige opened a can of worms. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I was just saying it's so nice to see your natural personality shine. I was like, what is this her natural a, personality? Yeah, what does that even mean? How? How is yeah. it? Because what? Because she said she said she horribly articulated her feelings about Lindsay. No, what we could be saying is, look, I feel like you should talk to Lindsay when you're sober. Yeah. And go over what you need. I don't think she knows what it is you need from her. I don't I think she's really genuinely confused about what it is you need. And I feel like once you tell her that, and if she still doesn't give you what you need, then you have a problem. Yeah. Instead, they're like, this is who you are. Yeah. And it's like, hello, have are we just gonna forget the fact that you guys have been in a share house together for four years? And Paige, you're trying to say that you just now have seen Danielle's true personality because she said something to Lindsay like that you resonate with. It's like, come on. No. Come on. You cannot bond with some you can't call like your shared dislike of someone is not their real personality. Right. That's not that's <laughs> yeah. not their real personality. Yeah. And then they laugh because Danielle says, I mean, I'm so angry now. Who wants to know that Paige is right? And they're like, Oh, it's hilarious. But then we get into the bad part is that, you know, I think Lindsay knows it too. Then they start mm-hmm. filling in her thoughts. Amanda mm-hmm. goes, that she dulls your shine. I'm like, mm-hmm. don't, don't. Oh, God damn it. Because, like, Danielle's drunk, so it's kind of like anything can permeate. Yeah. And then she goes, Danielle says, I think in a lot of ways, I think that she, and then Paige goes, takes you for granted. I'm like, stop. It's not yeah. Mad Libs, okay, guys? You <laughs> need to, like, fill this in. Yeah. And then Danielle goes, no, that I'm always going to have her back. I'm like, these are the things you can say. Danielle, you're allowed to say, like, Lindsay knows I'm going to have her back. But, like, takes you for granted is different than I'm always going to have her back. Right. And then Amanda goes, you're in the background. You're the supporting character. Listen. Listen. What what does that even mean? And if if Danielle – okay, so I'm going to read something. Danielle – used to check my stories all the time. And she did a podcast interview 
before the season aired. And it was about how like her friendship dynamics changed. And I shared it and said that I too had significant friendships throughout my life that really taught me things about myself. And she replied and said, I would love to know more about this. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> in, an, in an attempt to like, because I'm determined, I'm like, I don't think it's as simple as like, Lindsay's a bad person and you should break up with her. Mm-hmm. I had a sense that it was something like this, where the the dynamic of their friendship just wasn't working for Danielle anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I sent a very long message about how what I learned basically was I had, I kept like recreating the same prototype of a friendship where I would get, I would get into a friendship with someone who was actually kind of insecure, but they overcompensated by acting really cocky. And Mm -hmm. I would like dump, I would like dim my light to make them not feel insecure about it. Mm -hmm. And I would grow resentful over the years and then eventually, and I would, I would keep it down and then eventually we'd have a huge explosion, big falling out. And then I kept like recreating that friendship until finally I realized like, Oh, this is what I'm doing. This is the type of person. Yeah. I realized like I can't actually be mad at that person anymore because I created the dynamic. It was right. I'm the one who set that dynamic up and I'm the one who wanted to change the rules. Right. And they're like, well, this has been working for me. So what's your problem? Yeah. She never replied. Ooh. She just, she wrote reading now and then never got back to me. And I was like, I feel like I kind of nailed it. I feel like that's yeah. what this is where she's. Yeah. Like, it's not Lindsay's fault necessarily that the dynamic they've had all these years is no longer working for Danielle. She's just not communicating properly. Like, I know that in the past, it's been just me supporting you through, like, bad breakups, bad boyfriends. But now I'm going through something a little bit and I need you to be here for me. Mm -hmm. Instead, she just kind of expects Lindsay to know that. Yes. And I feel like Lindsay is the type of friend where if Danielle would just come out and say it like direct, Lindsay would be like, oh, yes. let's fix that. You know, like, Me too. I, don't I feel the way I feel the same resentment. way. And Carl would be like, go. Yes. You know, because Carl's Danielle's friend, too. Or they would right. like bring Lindsay like they'd be like, Danielle, you're coming with it, whatever you need. I just feel like she's not maybe because you know what? Maybe Danielle doesn't even realize that yeah. there's more wrong there's more going on with her and uh Robert. Yeah. I mean it could be a little bit of like burying your head in the sand, not wanting to address yeah the real issue. Yeah. Cuz we're seeing it from a bird's eye view like we have this huge perspective on it. Yeah. When you're in it, it's so different. It's harder to see. Yeah. Damn. Damn. I'm hoping by the reunion. I'm hoping by the reunion. But she's – the problem is the fandom. The comments people leave on Danielle's posts are – not. they're too attacking. Yeah. They're they're like, you're just projecting. And so, like, her responses are going to be defensive. Right. As we're like, if we could leave nicer comments. Like, I feel like perhaps maybe, you know, like, you know, but we don't – we don't – people don't operate like that. Yeah. But now, now, unfortunately, Amanda and Paige are loving it. So when when Kyle comes to bed, Amanda's like, Danielle went in on Lindsay. Oh, she's like so excited. She's like, and <gasps> Paige was the same way with Craig. Oh, yeah. The, I can't wait to, t- you know, call Craig and tell him what happened. And I also think that Craig feeds this feud between mm-hmm. Paige and Lindsay. 100%. Probably even more so than we 
imagine I think he is in Paige's ear. One million percent. Yeah. It's it's kind of gross. He's kind of like uh, when he gets into when they were sitting at that dinner, he's like, I'm all loving this. Yeah. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. Uh, the next morning, there's that ominous blanket on the coffee table that's got their <laughs> stuff under it. Um, and of course, Paige is like, I can't wait to tell Craig what happened. Yeah. But Lindsay talks to Gabby and Sam. And, I, you know, they're new. So they don't have as much power as, mm-hmm. say, you know, the returning people. But they definitely see it for what it is. And Lindsay makes the point. She's like, Danielle doesn't drive into the city to see me. It's not like that's any effort she's making. But she says, I will take responsibility for half of it. Yes. So there you go. There's yeah. a responsibility for half of it. Um, but Paige, oh, God, when she goes, see, Danielle, what she said validates what we've been saying. She is the common denominator and yeah. then acts like, oh, what did I do? I'm such a good friend. God, you guys talk about Lindsay all the time. All the time. I mean, I even... I had this tweet written out and I deleted it because I didn't want to be mean, but it was like, (laughs) Paige must know that the only way she's getting screen time is to talk about Lindsay or to talk about Craig, because that is, I mean, that's it. That's all, that's all that Paige is bringing, at least this season, which I have many more opinions about Craig and Paige, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, But that's all she does. Yeah. Lindsay, and Lindsay, again, she points out, I don't ever, like, I never questioned Danielle when she moved in with her man or quit her corporate job to start her mm-hmm. company. So, like, why question me? And Sam, with her amazing confessional. Nailed it. Nailed it. Like, if your friendship needs alcohol and partying to survive, that says something else about your friendship, honestly. Yes. And uh, even what she said before that, too, about like, if Lindsay is trying to drink less to be supportive of her sober partner, who are we to have any opinion about that? Which I also just nail on the head. Any opinion at all is not welcome in that situation. Like, it is not anybody's business what Carl's sobriety journey is besides Carl and Lindsay, you know, because obviously they're a package deal at this point. So the judgment just like seeping from people over that. And it makes me sad too, because I know there are, you know, thousands of people watching that are in that same exact situation. I'm in that same situation. And I'm like, wow, if I was friends with these girls, would they think that I was fake and phony and changing myself to, accommodate my sober fiance. Like if you are not in that situation, you have no idea what it's like. And everybody's situation is different. There are some people who are early in their sobriety journey and they can't handle being out at bars. There are other people that it doesn't bother them, you know, once they're in a certain amount of years. So I, I hate the judgment on, you know, their drinking. It's like probably my least favorite thing that's going on this season. It's incredibly confusing too, because if it was anyone else besides Lindsay, like if Carl was dating someone outside of the house, like a new person, and they mm-hmm. were adjusting their drinking to fit Carl, I don't think they'd have one thing to say one about problem. it. Yeah, no. They wouldn't have anything. It's because they could sense though that Lindsay wanted to go to Montauk. It's because they could feel that she was like, I want to go. Like, I yeah. want to go. And they, and so they're like, we found a weakness. 
found <laughs> yeah. a weakness. There's a chink in the armor. Yeah. Like they, it's they are they really are looking for anything to prove that Lindsay's not who she says she is. Lindsay's mm-hmm. not as happy. They hate that about Lindsay. They hate that Lindsay can be happy. Like when, yeah. like when she's with a guy. When she was stra- stravy, it's like when they would fight and then they'd make up and they'd be like, see, she's acting all happy. We hate that. <laughs> you know, they don't like that about yeah. her. Lindsay, when, oh, sorry, Chris presents the stolen items to the girls, but Sierra's underwear is missing. It is? How yes. did I miss that? Yes. And the producer's like, Chris, you are aware that it's going to seem like you stole the underwear, right? He's like, oh I my know, God. but I didn't. I must have missed that. I must have suppressed it from my memory because it's so uncomfortable. <sighs> it's not good. It's really bad. I'm like, please, please tell me a producer took it and gave it back to Sierra. Yeah, hopefully. And Ooh. like they just set, and they're willing to set him up to make it look like he took it. That's not cool. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised. Right? Me, me, me neither. But okay, so they're leaving and Danielle and Lindsay are not cool. And Danielle says something that I I, I audibly went, <gasps> she went, I'm, this is the first time we're leaving and I'm not sure where I stand with Lindsay. And, you know, I'm actually upset. In fact, I'm upset with her behavior and how she's treating this friendship. And I audibly gasped because I could not believe yeah. that she said she was upset with Lindsay's behavior. Because I was like, what behavior? Yeah. Do you think that she's going to watch this back and be like, oh, shit? I I don't. OK, so I went through and like looked through all of her um, her comments to people just because I was like, what is she saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing a lot of this. I'm seeing a lot of you soon will eat those words for sure. Keep watching. Uh, I cannot wait. You won't even I won't even need a reunion for you to realize that kind of stuff. So in her mind, there's things coming up. But I'm like, but even watching this, even at this point. So and I can take a I can take an educated guess as to what she's talking about. What do you what is it? Their engagement. I don't think Carl told Danielle. Yeah, no, that's because like we saw that in the trailer, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think She's probably going to say, how can you not let your best friend in on the fact that you're getting engaged and surprise her about it? I heard that the way Danielle reacted to their engagement was very dramatic, I guess you could say, and that that was one of the final straws on the other side on not Danielle's side. Oh shit! So if that's what she's referring to and she's upset that they did that Carl didn't tell her I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see how it plays out before I formulate an opinion on that. But I feel like they've been saying that the whole season, like next episode, you'll see something and then nothing happens. And the next episode, no, you'll see. And it's like, no, we haven't really seen anything happen. Right? (sighs) Yeah. All right. Well, so, okay. Amanda goes to Paige's apartment to prep for Kyle's birthday. And I'm cracking up at like how much prep they're doing compared to like Gabby's complete lack of prep <laughs> for her party. Yeah. Um, and they talk a little bit about like Paige and Craig and moving, et cetera, but we'll get to that later. Maya and Sierra, they meet on their little dog walk. Uh, Corey's coming and we get a little bit like, would you hook up with Corey? And Sierra's like, I would. Uh, I, I'm I'm being petty, but I do like that it ends up being Corey and Sam that are like still together. Yeah, to this day, I don't know why I'm petty about that, but they just look <laughs> good together. They do look good together, and I mean, 
I just feel like the Sierra and Corey storyline that we're about to see play out. It's like, if it didn't happen in Vermont, it's not going to happen here. So why are we even trying to go down that road? Agreed. Agreed. All right. This scene with Danielle and Robert was so uncomfy. Mm. Oh, it was bad. He's like so mad having to clean out the fridge and like disappointed. And I don't get, I don't get why I'm like, you live there too. Yeah. Uh, but he it's, it was like, he likes having a home, but Danielle's like, I can only imagine how expensive that place is. Yeah. Right. And to never be there. Like, yeah. No. And so she's like, I like this, having this place, but I would like to eventually buy property. Right. So we agree like mortgage over marriage. Mm-hmm. And he, it doesn't it's give not. the answer. He's like, I'm not much of a long-term decision maker, you know, hard to say really. And I thought, oh God, this scene did not go well. No. And it's like, that to me is like, is Danielle trying to be performative for the cameras and make it seem like their relationship is something that it's not? Or was she really, was she really expecting that to be their next steps? And Robert is yeah. just- like emotionally checked out. Yeah. He's giving me like overworked, not so great vibes this yeah. season. So I'm sad for her because he ended up not being the partner that she deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was very eye-opening. So anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. Now we're back. We're back at the house. It was so awkward. Lindsay and Carl get there first and then Paige and Craig. And I was like, ah! Someone yeah. else get there immediately. Support mission. Oh my god. Um, I mean, I love how many t- Amanda and Kyle complain about the parking every weekend. Every weekend they pull up <laughs> and they're like, "These idiot parking people." Yeah. Um, but uh, this is where I noticed. So Lindsay gives Kyle this big happy birthday greeting, and mm-hmm. I literally was like, "Has he even apologized to you for the way he spoke and screamed?" No, no. he didn't. I mean, she is just – she just keeps it moving, man. Yeah. Lover Boy has a new flavor that, of course, they get to try on camera. I mean, they get – it's it's nice that they have that option. <laughs> Great publicity for their company. That's for sure. Seriously. Gabby and Sam arrive looking so cute in their costumes. Sam's, Sam's outfit is – so cute. Adorable. <laughs> like, get out of here. If I looked – if I wore that, I would look a hot mess. But Oh, my God. Me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. Danielle, she comes in complaining about the parking too, though. So it must have been that bad. Um, but it's been a freaking week. They play that like awkward music score. So, you know, it's tense and it's been a freaking (laughs) week since Lindsay and Danielle have spoken. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Huge. They let a whole week go by and you know, it's because Danielle's like, Lindsay needs to call me. She needs to call me. And Lindsay's like, I didn't do anything. Danielle needs to call me. And now we're a stalemate. Yep. (sighs) It's very upsetting. It's very upsetting. I'm with you. We're like watching where they could have joined, like they could have fixed it, but it's like now we've gone too far. And when you let it fester, I mean, no good comes out of that really. Exactly. All right. Corey gets there. I did. I I laughed because he goes, I thought this was going to be a 20 minute drive, but it's three hours. Three hours. When I heard that people (laughs) from New York City went to the Hamptons every weekend, I thought it was like a 20 minute drive too. I really give it up to New Yorkers who do this. That is a that is a journey. Yeah. I mean, anywhere in New York City, even if it's 10 miles, it's going to take you two hours. So it, I, yeah, I'm like, you guys do this every freaking weekend. Way to go. You can feel the connection with Corey and Sam as soon as they say hi. You can like feel it. Like, yeah, it's instant. 
Corey walking around though. He's walking into rooms, not knocking. He's just like, "Hey, I'm Corey. I'm here." I'm like, "God, you're such a." He's just such a big douche. <laughs> yeah, making himself at home, right? Yeah. Uh, lo- I loved Lindsay's outfit. Her like pink feather thing with the skirt. It looked uncomfortable, but it looked very cute. Yes. Uh, Sam immediately. She's like, "Lindsay's a good girlfriend." Right. She has, she's willing to be like, so first impressions, talk about the guy. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a good girlfriend like that. But she's into it. But then Lindsay does talk to Sam about Danielle. And this is where I was like, okay, we are missing a step for Lindsay. Here was the one thing where I'm like, she's like, Danielle did such an amazing job being my backbone and support in the last relationship. But now here I am in this happy relationship and I'm happy. So like nothing else should matter. And I'm like, okay, but now you're missing the part where it's like, well, maybe she needs something. Right. And I'm not giving that to her. Right. It's like she's still just thinking that her Danielle's only role is to help her. It's like, well, maybe I'm maybe she needs something and I'm missing out on that. Yeah. But it's like we said before, people aren't mime readers. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that communication and they just they don't have it. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay is notoriously kind of like in her own world. She's a Leo, so she's not going to be naturally thinking about another person like that. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> then we get to dinner. You see Lindsay go, I'm going to sit over here. <sighs> Big deal. Yeah, so awkward. Craig and Paige are like, do you see that? They're Loving it. They're Loving there. every They're second. They're smiling. Of- They're straight up yeah. smiling. Like straight up smiling. And then Sierra's trying to flirt with Corey, but Sam and Corey bond over their dislike of coffee, but love of espresso martinis. <laughs> and Sierra's like, fuck both of you. Like, ooh, she was so, <laughs> so uncomfortable. Yeah, she was so mad. She was pissed. Uh, they go around and they say like nice things about Kyle and Corey, because Chris is saying something. Corey freaking dares Chris to chug his straight bourbon. I hated and that. And he did it. He did, he did it, it, though. I was like, like don't, don't do it. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone was like, don't. <laughs> um, okay. So they get on the topic. Chris asks Craig about the long distance. Craig really clearly wants Paige to move to Charleston. Mm-hmm. She clearly does not want to move to Charleston. Mm-hmm. Where are you landing on this? This, again, might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think they're going to last. Okay. Okay. And I get it. Like, aesthetically, they look great together. I know, right? And I'm sure that there is a lot of positives to their relationship. But to me, there's a lot of red flags. First of all, I see a lot of correlation um, between when it comes to wanting to settle down Paige's relationship with Perry. Remember, she was 26, dating this much older man who wanted to settle down, wanted to get married, wanted to do all the things. And she was still having those conversations of, I'm not ready for this. I don't want to do that. And she's having those same conversations now in a different relationship. I'm 30. I don't want to leave New York. All my friends are here. And it's like, well, if you draw the parallels between those relationships and what she said about both of those relationships, we saw how one played out. It's mm-hmm. not a stretch to think also that that wouldn't play out there as well. Also, Craig has said about every girlfriend he's ever dated that they are the one. When he dated Naomi, she was the one. When she dated Natalie, she was the one. And now that she's dating or now that he's dating Paige, she is the one. So Ooh. I think Craig is a chronic 
I don't want to say love bomber. I think he loves love. He loves he the does idea love love of that. I mean, he even said it on Winter House, right? Where he's like, um, you know, I love the rom-com and the guy making the breakfast for the girl and yada, yada, yada. And there's all these things that play into their relationship that clearly it's not just about the fact that you love each other. Third point in my argument that I don't think these two are going to last. The fact that they all of a sudden are so um, private on social media about their relationship when they have been so opposite in every other aspect of their life, right? Like at the, even at the beginning of their relationship, they were posting a lot together and then like a light switch, all of a sudden they just stop. Yeah, what they was, did. what was that conversation? Oh, we let's stop posting each other on social media. Like what? I don't get it. You know, especially for someone like Paige, who a lot of her, um, career path deals with being present on social media when it comes to the close stuff that she does, her Amazon lives, whatever. When you're dating another Bravo celebrity, let's just call it what it is. It's another PR tactic for your name to be bigger, right? If you're always in the headlines, because here's Craig and Paige doing this and here they are saying this about each other and here they are, whatever you're going to, you're going to get more notoriety out of that. Yeah. The fact that they they actively choose not to, to me, it's kind of sus. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm, interesting. And it could be as simple as they want privacy because their whole life or their career at least is, you know, them filming a bunch of TV shows. They did get a lot of backlash for being like too much in people's faces when they were on three consecutive shows. Yes. So maybe, maybe they're like, okay, like let's dial it back because we can't deal with the public backlash, but I don't know. I just, if Paige doesn't want to move, if Paige doesn't want to move to Charleston, she doesn't want to move to Charleston. And I don't think Craig wants to move to New York. He clearly doesn't want to move to New York. Yeah. And he, what we see in that, in the mid season trailer is him clearly expecting her to move to Charleston. Right. And she clearly doesn't want to. Does not want to. She has no desire. She's like, why? What's the point? New York has everything I could ever want. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the only like glimmer, I think, of hope is and I don't even know what what their actual role is. Have you seen Austin and Craig promoting this carriage house in New York City? I mean, I, I know that I know that it's coming. I know that it's coming. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if they're like investors or if I think they're investors in it. Okay. So that to me is like, okay, well, maybe he's more open to moving there than we think if he's, you know, trying to get his foot in the door and doing business in New York City. But also, you know, his flagship, Sewing Down South, is right smack dab in the middle of Charleston. So I don't know. Right? It's a it's tough. But she definitely What do you think? I okay, I don't I don't know how they're going to get past the location thing. He films Southern Charm. He's on the show Southern Charm. Right. So he can't leave. She's on Summer House. She can't leave. Yeah. So what do they do? I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. It's – I have no idea. He has changed drastically for her, though. She did, like – she did a really good job training him. Yeah. Like I watched the way she played it on on Winter House. She knew not to like nag him 
and she watched as and like I like he he slowly realized like oh wait this is affecting Paige and she yeah. it, it, and it worked it was effective yeah but this location thing is wild yeah and I mean I don't want it to come across as like if I'm rooting for their failure because like I said I think aesthetically they're beautiful together I mean I think they both have some growing up to do in different areas but I want everybody to be happy and in good relationships and you know if we get. I love a good Bravo marriage. So as long as it's good for everybody, then like, let's support and be down for it. But like you said, I just think there's a lot of obstacles that they're not, they're not really addressing maybe because they don't want to know the answer. I think he is, is, I I think the reason he wants it to move faster is less, is less from like an organic, I love you place and more from an optics place. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's yeah. got that, like, he's like, I, I think he wants to do the, like, propose on camera mm-hmm. kind of thing. and Get a wedding special. All yeah. The and Paige is like, no, I that's not my thing <laughs> at all. And he's like, wait, what? I thought that's what we were doing. Right. <laughs> that, that's not the point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that he's like, so I don't know if that's a genuine, like, I would like us to really move you know what I mean? I, yeah. I we're on the same page, I think. So like I don't know how they're gonna do it. This is a big impasse. Yeah, she we'll would see. have to give up he's basically asking her, like, yeah, fuck Summer House. You'll come be on Southern Charm. Yeah, give up your life. Yeah. Uh Amanda Woo! asked Amanda asked Corey about Jess, and he's like, Yeah, no, no, like we like we're cool. Yeah, we're cool, we're cool, we're cool. And she just goes, Okay, so you hook up when you see each other. <laughs> I like, don't ever want to yeah. talk about Jess ever again. Uh, like ever. Please. When they should have flashback, I was like, Oh Whoa. god. <laughs> yeah, jump Get scare. Out of here. Oh, no, please. He is a hundred percent single though. So there we go. And you see they cut the way they cut to like Sierra and to Sam, like Mine. Both eyeing him up. Yeah. Mine. Uh, all right. Next morning, they're setting up for the party. And it, I mean, the way I get so harrowed by the hangover they must have having to set up for a party. Like, I just, I hate it. But Kyle and Carl talk. And Kyle, you could feel how uncomfortable Kyle is being like, he's just still getting used to you, yeah. Lindsay. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's beautiful. He's trying. Baby steps. Baby steps. And it's like from <laughs> gritted teeth. He's like, it's a beautiful thing. And Carl's like, I appreciate you saying that because uh, – I'm going to propose her at the end of the summer. <laughs> it was funny because you could tell Kyle was like, I was just trying to tell you I was kind of getting used to it. Right. Not and that we're taking this huge <laughs> next step. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what Kyle really says after that. He's like, that's next month. He's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, we haven't seen what he says yet. And I'm sure he'll like at least pretend to be supportive. But, you know, you have to watch out because Kyle – could end up being very hypocritical in this, in the way that he reacts, because we all remember how many people were telling him not to propose to Amanda a month after they have this huge cheating blow up and he did it anyways. So it's like, how are you going to proceed here, Kyle? Because karma is real and what goes around comes around. So I'm interested to see how he responds. Super good point. The mid season trailer, um, I mean, I guess the biggest thing in it is the Danielle, Lindsay, Carl situation. 
Danielle, I would die for you and there's nothing left. It was just a bummer to watch. Like yeah. the mid-season. It's just it's it's like when Bethany and Jill had their falling out on Roni. It was just like too painful. Yeah. It's like <laughs> this isn't entertaining. It's just I know. sad. But also, like Vanderpump Rules has us so spoiled that I'm like, that's your mid-season trailer. <laughs> Please. Like unless, unless you have boring. a torrid unless you have a torrid <laughs> affair between cast members. Yeah, Get like, it. Unless you have a time bomb ticking in the background of your midseason trailer, I'm not watching it. <laughs> it's so true. They really set the bar way too high. They did. But the summer house editors were like, "Well, damn it. I mean, should yeah. I just should I just submit yeah. it anyway? I'm yeah. sorry. It's the best I could do, guys." Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, thank you so much for being here, Morgan. This was fun. Thank you. Can you tell the people where to find you, follow you, and all that kind of stuff? Of course. TikTok and Instagram at Morgan P. Talks. My podcast, Morgan's Pop Talks, drops every Thursday. We do all reality TV and pop culture, so come hang out. She does it all. How do you keep up with everything? I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't. Like, it's really every don't. genre, every category. I'm like, damn, girl. Some you keep, days you I'm like, all. why did I do this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> you cover everything. Um, all right, guys. Stay messes out there. Love you. Mean it. See you next time. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, would you mind leaving me a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you are listening? If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget there's the super thanks option down at the bottom, the little button with the dollar sign and the heart. And also I'm on buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks bravo if you want to buy me a little coffee or two or five. And my Patreon, that is where I'm covering all of the classic Bravo jams. If you want to follow me over there and subscribe, link is in the description. And follow me on Instagram and TikTok at She Speaks Bravo. And whoever the guest was for today, all their information is always in the episode description. So if you want to follow them and check them out, check there for the info. And any of the sponsor codes that I mentioned in this episode will also be in the description. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.